Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. The peak is higher going up than it is going down. Usually it's really quite uniform. One. Well, you've peaked too soon, Ted. Yeah. You haven't even started. <laughs> I've peaked too soon. Hello, Let's everyone. Start, then. Hello. Welcome to Whatever Works. We're back again. Two weeks have gone by again, unbelievably. Hello, Aidan. Hello, Ted. How are you, sir? I'm all right, thank you, now that that poxy heat has gone, oh, which we shall goodness. no doubt be returning to many times yes, <laughs> during the show. Yes. Did you go out in it, a... by the way? I mean, I, I have to say, just for the sheer experience of it, we hid in the house, which we'll come to, but I did go out in it, and it is it was incredible just to step into yeah. your own garden and yeah. feel as if you were in Africa. It was yeah, re- really yeah. quite extraordinary. Totally. I totally agree. That's exactly what it was like. I just couldn't believe it. I went outside to have a look at the... Um, uh, to have a look at something and I just could not believe it it was you're quite right it was just like standing in um by the pyramids in yes, Egypt or yes, something it was. yeah um amazing anyway we'll come to all that this is show 166 and we're coming to you on the 22nd of July and um don't forget that whatever works dot works is our website lots of stuff going on there with links to all the stuff we're going to talk about obviously as usual and um the miwi group which is the main hub of where we kind of scoop up all the interesting stuff from um, (laughs) our community so head across there if you're not a member already links in the show notes to that as always tessalmon.com for me if you get lost all the links in there and aidenbell.com for aiden although you'd be a bit pushed to get him at the moment he's very busy <laughs> i've spent the last two weeks in editing land people know i'm sure about my santa project that happened two weeks ago which was i'm just about down from cloud nine after that and i've been living in the world of editing umpteen tracks of video and audio and putting it all together and preparing a demo which we shall of course put a link to when it's finished um yeah but i'm back yeah. in the room sir i'm back in the room very exciting now um whatever has been going on with you <laughs> I'm waiting for a dishwasher. I tell you what has been going on. Um, I put I put a post on the group asking people's advice on dishwashers because our dishwasher died all of a sudden, and as it is at least fifteen years old, it may even be more like twenty or even twenty-five. <clears throat> very very elderly machine. So I popped a. Um, uh, I started a, a, a thread in the group and there was some discussion about dishwashers and I finally ordered one from Jean-Louis, my favourite shop, my real, real actual shop with real human beings and people you go in and talk to and products you touch and feel and smell and behold before you buy them. And I bought a dishwasher, um, which is on its way today and it's one of those situations where they say to you, well, we'll deliver it sometime during the day so you've just got to stay in and do nothing yeah. until we deliver it to you. So I could, I could run forth from from this podcast at any moment to take yeah. delivery of a dishwasher, but I shall be telling you all about it in the next show, I hope. No worries. Um, or if it is in the next five minutes, you might be telling us all about it in this show. I might very well do, yes. What about yeah. you? What's got, what's in your life, sir? Just the... Uh, well, we had the Amazon Prime Day, of course. I, I, was re- I was trying really hard to... Well, it was two days in the middle of July. I was trying really hard to not miss out on something and find a bargain, hunting around. I, I found myself just, you know 
surfing in there for no reason, just for the sake of it, <laughs> just because I didn't want to miss something and and to get. And then I suddenly realised this is stupid. You're you're spending money that you what well, you potentially are spending money that you and you don't really need anything and there's not anything there. This is daft. Don't be silly. Don't be so capitalistic. <laughs> did you did you indulge in anything? Well, I'm looking at our show notes, which we of course prepare when we're doing a podcast. I believe it's I it, it was Amazon Prime Day. Is that correct? <laughs> That's what I said. Wake up at the back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking of our show notes, you jumped a bit. That's why I had to catch up with you in a hurry there. Well, there you go. Because I've been away in editing land, I didn't even know it was Prime Day. So there, ladies and gentlemen, is the answer to this conundrum. Blissful ignorance. If you don't yeah. know it's there, you can't do anything. But yes, Ted, back in the room, I absolutely concur. And I'm absolutely guilty of sin every Black Friday. I'm on Amazon from dawn till dusk trying to find something to buy yeah, just yeah. because it's I mad isn't it I, which is of course why they do it and that's how yeah. Jeff Bezos becomes the multi-zillionaire that yeah. he is because yeah. that's a human nature isn't it we we all love a bargain and if they say this yeah. is bargain day and if you hunt you will find bargains of course that's just a carrot to everybody isn't it it is yeah you're absolutely right and it's very silly we should stop it Let's not give in to it. Let's be sensible and do the sensible thing. The other thing that you mentioned this week in the group, I remember, was the tips about... Um, somebody mentioned on the show actually a, a while ago about keeping shutters closed to keep the cool out. So let, let's launch into the whole hot thing, shall we? Absolutely. Let's go back up where we were in the show notes before yeah. you confused me. <laughs> um, yeah, we had this discussion a couple of shows ago, or last show, about how um, the, 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 in, in, in Europe and in the Caribbean and in various hot countries, they have shutters. They don't open the windows and let the air in and out. They close everything off. Yeah. So my mother and I decided we'd give that a shot. And boy, does it work. I mean, right. absolute chalk and cheese. The, the, what we did was um, for a couple of days before the heat wave to see if it worked. And then during the two days of heat wave, we would fling open everything at sort of 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, which meant my mother did it because I was still in the land of Nod. Open <laughs> all the doors, all the windows, let the hot air of the day out and the cold air of the morning in. And then the moment the sun starts to come up and it starts to get warmer outside than it is in, you shut everything up completely, close the windows, close the curtains, close the doors, shut everything off and well, it works. And you spend the, and during the daytime when the temperature, I know it was not quite correct, but when my thermometer was telling me it was 41 degrees outside in the garden inside, I think it was something like 31 or something. It was a good 10 degrees less indoors than out. So it worked. So whoever it was that put that tip up, I thank you greatly. You saved my butt during the heat wave. Yeah, which is why, as I said before, I think that the in Mediterranean um, places, you know, like Greece, for example, they have shutters yes. and all the houses are painted white. And, you know, they, they're, they're kind of geared up for it. And one of the big things that have come out in, you know, the, this week have been the fact that the UK is not geared up for it. We, we've got to stop thinking of ourselves as a, as a cold country. We've got to stop. We've got to start thinking of ourselves as a hot country as the climate is going to change. 
and I'll come to air conditioning later on. But the, one of the interesting things that are, I'll put a link in the show notes to an article I found about um, a, a really radical global solution, which is which is to deploy space bubbles. And what they're talking about here is is I'm not not quite sure what they're going to be made of or what the idea is. But you 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 blow these bubbles up and you kind of put them like you would a satellite in space between us and the sun. <laughs> It blocks the sun from I getting to the it. earth. But you know, yeah. it's ideas like this that are going to need to be done. I heard some years ago, and this one almost seems like a practical idea that should have been instigated, which is everybody's roof should be white. And if yeah, as many yeah. roofs as possible in the world were painted white, that would go a long, long way to, uh, again, helping the situation and blocking out the, sun, the, the heat of the sun. Yeah, that's what I was just saying about the houses in Greece. You know, that, that's all, right. the, the, all the buildings the, in Greece all... and places like Italy and, and Beirut, you know, you, you see them, they're just all white houses. Yes, and yes. They've got the right idea, haven't they? I will listen to you eventually, Ted, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this puts me in mind, I remember when I, I, I've spent a, long, a lot of years in Europe um, where, of course, they have summer tyres and winter tyres. And as the season changes, you yeah. put your winter tyres on or your summer ones. And in England, we don't because we have a temperate right. climate that goes on all year round. And I remember being a little bit surprised at that. And, of course, now we're getting that way as well in this country. We're probably going to end up with with that, that as well, winter tyres, summer tyres. I think, yeah, yeah we, we've got to wake up and smell the coffee, really, haven't we? One of the, one of the people who lives in um, India, I think it was, said in reply to your thread that it, the, it, this was all about the humidity. He couldn't believe how low the humidity was because it was 17... That's uh, right, yes. Uh, percent or yes, very or dry. That was the thing. Went out, yeah. it, it did feel dry during the heat wave, didn't it? It, it was just horrible. I'm glad we passed it. It was only it was only two days, but it felt like a. Yeah. a, a in the end, in the end, I gave up down in my static because it was just too hot. I'll come to that later about the air conditioner. But the in the end, I went up to to the to mum and dad's house, and I, there, there are some areas in their house which are cooler, and we got past it. But it was just horrendous, it was, yeah. and and we didn't have it as bad as you and and Steve Litchfield down there. I mean, he was you know talking about forty degrees as well. And 25 during the night. What was it like during the night there? Oh, also horrible. Absolutely horrible. I mean, yeah. I, I, I took to sleeping without, <clears throat> excuse me, without any sheets or duvets whatsoever. And then I took to sleeping without pyjamas, which is extremely unusual for me. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, ab absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. I will say, though, the one silver yeah. lining is we talk about humidity. I once visited Singapore and the heat was horrendous, but it was such high humidity. You would leave your hotel and you would walk 100 yards down the road and you were drenched as if you'd just been in a swimming pool. I mean, right. so in a way, you know, I think dry heat is preferable. If it's got to be that right. hot, then dry is better than wet. Yeah. Yeah, I think the space bubbles is the way. I think the space but I think you should launch them, Ted, personally. <laughs> right, what do we got? Feedback from our lovely, lovely listeners. Listeners and um, our writers and members of the, the MeWe group. Yes, Philip Ray came back. Um, we had a discussion. I, well, I had a rant. I had a Room run, a room 101 rant about airport drop-off charges. Uh, again, oh, yeah. to do with my Santa event, I had to go to both Heathrow and Stansted to pick up and drop-off people and discovered that, that at both airports... 
that charge was horrendous. And Philip concurs this. He says, I was travelling back to Malaysia this week after a short stay in the UK. There is a £5 drop-off fee at the terminal. Not for parking, but just for dropping someone off. Same as Stansted. Actually, not Philip. Stansted is twice that. It's £10 oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Philip then goes on to say, after checking in for my flight, there was a two-hour queue to get to security at the departure gate's entrance. Well, I have to say, Philip, point one, the £5 charge, I think is awful and could and should be abolished or at least brought down. The two-hour queue is, of course, due to all the problems they're having at the moment with staffing and um, running airports as efficiently as they did pre-COVID. So that's a slightly different issue. Is that unusual? I seem. I mean, I haven't flown for decades, but I, I would expect to wait for two hours to check in. Is that no, unusual? no, no, not not normally. Um, normally, airports. I mean, I say normally in inverted commas. Pre-COVID, you would. It would depend. Like anything, if you go flying during a sort of busy period, you'll wait longer. But you would not normally expect to spend more than. 20 20, perhaps 30 minutes maximum. Oh, right. Um, okay. I do remember uh, right at the beginning of the end of COVID, I had to fly somewhere and I came back and I watched an entire film on my phone while queuing for the passports. <laughs> I got to Heathrow and I got to the back of the queue, which was sort of round 18 corners and through another building. And I started queuing and I put, I was watching Arrival, I remember, and I just started it on the plane. So I continued watching Arrival. There's, a, there's an irony in the title, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> it only just occurred to me. And I finished the film before I got to the passport wow. um, desk. So, yeah, but again, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's the same. I think the ethos behind the payment is wrong and should be changed. I think the, the, the situation with delays at airports is due to the post-COVID, post-everything um, problems that we're having at the moment. Part of the payment thing is, I think, as we might have said before, is that they're trying to discourage people from going along there, parking, locking up and walking away from their car with the limited space they've yes, got. Yes, and I agree. And I, in principle, I understand and I agree with the payment charge. But make it a couple of pounds because they still make it utterly impossible yeah, to park yeah, yeah. anywhere now that yeah. they have all these high fences and, and barbed wire and security cameras and patrols. You couldn't possibly park anywhere anyway. Yeah. So just make it cost less. You right. Cads. Well, yeah, absolutely. What's next? <laughs> Jeremy Harpham is next. More. This is more of your whinging. <laughs> Lo- love the last show, as always, says Jeremy. On the subject of doors opening inwards oh, versus yes. outwards. Yeah, that was another one of mine. It's about building and fire regulations that make it unfathomable. I understand it varies by mm. building type and purpose. Fire exits, he says, should always open outwards, for example, so that people can escape quickly. I've never understood that static homes doors, though. My mother-in-law's both open outwards. I, I, on the static home thingy, I did, after, after Jeremy wrote that, I did go and have a, do a recce around the site here, and all of the static homes here, doors open outwards. I, did, I couldn't find one. I know why, Ted. It's so people can leave your place in a hurry. They can say, get out of here, Mr Salmon, I'm out. (laughs) But if you also think about motorhomes and touring caravans, they always open outwards. Anyway, that's a space issue, but he's talking about a fire exit, which is a fair point. It is a fair point. And if you think about fire exits around the place, they do tend to open outwards, don't they? Yes, but in that case, you know, as I said when I made my whinge, it's probably 50-50. It's probably that 50% of toilets open in and 50 out. And I just, you know, you, you always see the negative. You know, it's confirmation bias, isn't yeah. it? So in that case, there doesn't seem to be any, any particular confirmation to one way or the other. Yeah. So, I don't know, go figure. <laughs> yeah. Back to toilets and Chris Kelly. 
decided to post this is lovely Chris about, about toilets and cleaning of toilets Chris says in one of my many jobs I worked for initial cleaning services now why am I not surprised Chris <laughs> while there I gained a British Institute of Cleaning Science certificate which required me <laughs> you must have very large walls to put up all these certificates at home, which required me to demonstrate the correct method of cleaning a public toilet the general rule is to start with the cleanest parts and move through to the dirtiest, which I would uh, would be completely counterintuitive, but obviously Chris knows best. He's got the certificate. The lid through to the pan. The last thing to be cleaned was always the handle and touch points on the cubicle door. That makes sense, as that would be touched after people had wiped themselves and prior to any hand washing. It's yeah. interesting, isn't it? It would be fascinating to see, incidentally, to see Chris's oh, CV. Oh, goodness me, yes. Would, would there be enough paper? Yes, absolutely. Good, good old Chris, yeah. he's had so many jobs and done so many things. He, he could write a book, probably. But, but yeah, it's interesting about, um, you know, the, the, because I would have thought it would be the other way. Do the dirt. Like when you're cleaning, you know, clean from the top down. Yes. I mean, um, if I'm because... cleaning a working surface and that part of it is particularly dirty, I'll always start with the dirty part yeah, and, and yeah. get the whole thing to a clean state. So very, very interesting. Very odd. Chris, yeah. can you explain why you have to clean the cleanest parts first and move through to the dirtiest? Very, very odd indeed. Right, OK. Matt Jones has fed back on Aidan's COVID. Oh, I'm, I'm responsible for everything this week, aren't you are, I? You right? yeah. Your experience of COVID is similar to mine, says Matt, although my heart rate monitor was the first thing that alerted me to the issue. Wearing a smartwatch has made me very familiar with what my heart should be doing at any given time. So when I was at the gym in the reception area, I noticed my resting heart rate was up from my usual um, when I, um, uh, uh, and rising when I started started exercising ah. i stopped but my heart rate still hadn't come down after a few hours and the anxiety wasn't helping a and e visit ecg clear but tachycardic um but i was tachycardic i think that should say right. um was told to book in with a gp for blood tests but then two days later came down with covid on the one hand i felt awareness of my heart rate turned me into a bit of a hypochondriac but on the other hand it alerted me something was wrong before covid tests or the doctor could so on balance it's probably a good thing so yeah the 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 um the heart rate thingy was picked up by the watch he didn't quite understand it initially but got a bit kind of frightened but then Two days later, COVID arrived, and and that was a sign of it. Is what I take away from that? Do you? I do, and I, I I totally concur. I mean, that's exactly the reason that I bought the heart rate monitor that I reviewed that started this all off because I was concerned about my own heart rate. Incidentally, tachycardic is a medical term meaning a heart rate over a hundred beats per minute. So that, yeah. that's where where Matt's Matt okay. sat on that rate. Um, yeah, I I totally concur, and I and I think Matt did exactly the right thing, and I'm glad it's worked out well for him. And I also yeah. believe that my situation is again COVID related. I'm actually wearing today, as we speak, a heart monitor. What was fitted at the hospital this morning, due to my little mm. heart scare that started all this off a few weeks ago. Um, I've just been fitted with a 48 hour monitor that so which is purely a um, what's the word. Um, 
a precautionary measure just to check yeah. my heart rate over 48 hours. They're not expecting to find anything nasty. Um, yeah, so I'm wearing... So, I mean, it, it's what it's hearts, any kind of health, it, it makes sense, even if, you're, even if you think you're all right, it always makes sense to get yourself checked or to check yourself or to buy whatever little gadgets and toys and smartwatches you might be able to use to help to keep sure, to make sure, keep a track of your own health and make sure that you're in a good condition. Hear, hear. But don't get into hypochondriarism, oh, hypochondriarchism. Ah, but can you spell it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Steve Litchfield brings us... Ah, oh, back to Jean-Louis again. John Lewis handheld and foldable fan. This looks lovely. £12, says Steve, and these are terrific. We have four, and they either go with us on train journeys or are employed on a desk in folded form. There's a choice of three fan settings and one micro USB charge lasts about eight hours on the micro lowest. Micro USB. Now, now. Eight hours on the lowest <laughs> setting or about four on the highest. Yeah, where are the AA batteries? The fans are yeah. solid, as you'd expect from Jean-Louis. Perfect for hot and sunny weather, of which we've had quite a bit lately, haven't we? The only improvement, <laughs> says Steve, I would make would be a Type-C charging Yay. version. There you are, in your camp, Ted. Definitely. <laughs> they, they do look lovely. They do look very yeah. nice, yes. They do. They look really nice and terrific. However, if you, um, I, I mean, it's no good to me, but if you live somewhere near a John Lewis store, it's better to go and get it because they want £3.95 to ship it to you, which, I mean, if you're buying a few things, it's all right, but three ninety five that makes it 16 quid, doesn't it? Now, there's an interesting which... thing, Ted. I hadn't even thought of buying online. When I think of John Lewis, right. I think of pop down to Welling Garden City and going yeah, to John Lewis. Yeah. So there you go, yeah. yeah. It depends where you live, doesn't it? It does. And when I lived in Sussex, I would have been thinking the same because we have one in Chichester. Yeah. But yeah, and I was I was in and out of there um, regularly. But now there's no one, there's not one anywhere near me. So I've got to think about, right, 3 95 to ship. What's this ship mean? It's to post it, for goodness sake, <laughs> not to ship it. It's not coming on a ship. We're not at home to Mr. Pedantic. Um, yes. You know, actually, I was in John Lewis physically buying a, dish, a dishwasher, but I did agree to have that shipped. I, they, they asked me if I wanted to take it home with me, and I said, no, I'd rather you came and fitted it for me, please. I'm not Chris Kelly. Um, and quite funny, when they filled in the form, one of the ticks was, was a plastic bag used <laughs> for a dishwasher? Very strange. Anyway. I don't understand what they mean. No, neither did the lady filling it in. We had a giggle together. Right. Okay, then. Right, okay. Next thing is a Wordle official board game, which is a complete scam, but it's something to get for people at Christmas if you... They, you can't think what's good for <laughs> it. Costs, it costs Better $20. Than socks. <laughs> yeah. Worldwide <laughs> shipping. Um, and it, actually, this might be shipping because it comes from America by the looks of it. So that's fair enough. $30. And the Wordle game, which we all kind of probably have played and mucked about with when it came out, it's now been bought by New York Times, of course, as we all know. And they turned it into a, a game. They're monetizing it and they've turned it into a board game for playing at Christmas. Um, but it's a right scam, to be honest, because a bit like um, Yahtzee and... Um, you know, a, a bunch of other games. You don't really need to buy a... You, you need a pen and paper, and just you can just make your own up. But anyway, you know, laying that aside, um, a nice little Christmas present for the person who has everything. I love the way you sort of... <laughs> you're playing both sides of the fence here. You're saying it's a terrible scam, but I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> oh, same ship, different purchase. Right. <laughs> Ian 
Ian Barton brings us a top tip. Hey, should we have the Ted Tops Tips jingle just for Yay. fun? Yay. Ted's Top Tips, Ted's Top Tips, Ted's Top Tips. Right, well, this isn't Ted's top tip, it's Ian's top tip, but never mind. <laughs> Ian says, if the heat makes you feel sick, ill, or gives you a bad headache, or lack of appetite, you may be suffering from a lack of electrolytes. It's happened to me a couple of times while cycling in hot weather. It's worth keeping a couple of sachets of electrolytes to add to your water in very hot weather. Ted, what the f*** are electrolytes? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, electrolytes are salts and minerals such as sodium, potassium, chloride and bicarbonate, which are found in the blood. They can conduct electrical impulses in the body. So presumably, um, I mean, that you know, that that's come from Wiki or something. Yeah. So presumably, if you have depleted supplies of... Um, of those um, those those elements that I just read out, then the impulses slow down the messages from your brain oh. to your muscles and other other. I mean, this is only my theory, um, uh, and your bodily functions go into kind of slow down or or survival mode. A bit like um, you know the, when you take antidepressants that 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 deplete your yes. um, new neuron messages going to, to to change the chemistry in your body. And that's just my analysis um, based on what I thought that that. Uh, explanation might mean well thank you very much thank you dr sam <laughs> <laughs> this is my theory it belongs to me <laughs> yeah matt jones reckons that um ian's advice is actually very good in ted's top tips and it's the flushing out of electrolytes that causes most of the problems you sweat and flush them out then replace the fluids but not the electrolytes oh, okay. right. feel crap and then drink even more flushing out more <laughs> electrolytes so it's a, it's a vicious circle says matt the more you drink the more that it, yes. you, the, the, you flush them all out so it's a it's a counter um a counter action on your body also he says low salt lo space salt um, which is as cheap as chips um sodium potassium potassium quarter of a teaspoon in my water bottle or does the same job. Um, a lot of people swear by pink Himalayan salt. Oh, I've known not... that stuff. Yes, I've had that yeah? in the past. Yeah. But he says he's <clears throat> not convinced. The amount of potassium, magnesium and various mineral minerals are so low that you need kilos <laughs> of the stuff to benefit. So you'd be barely better off than putting table salt into some water, which is going to be only providing sodium. But the yeah, that, that kind of uh, f fleshes out the, the background to it a bit. And you do need... I've, I've never thought about electrolytes myself had you we didn't even know what they were i'd just leave my bike at home and take a taxi if it was me <laughs> <laughs> yes oh dear chris oldroyd was looking for recommendations for a burglar alarm i remember the thread gareth oh, yeah. williams responded suggesting the neos smart cam it's a wi-fi smart home security camera that works with alexa it's 1080p hd has night vision two-way audio and 14 days of cloud storage gareth says i have a number of these employed both in and around the property and have been using them for four years now they have fulfilled my requirements without issue i've also recommended them to friends and family many times as if that wasn't enough atma singh suggests Ring and Yale, who do self-install ones as well. He says, "Oh, you had some of those, didn't you? Uh, you have a Yale one? No, no. The what, we've got the Amazon bog standard. What are they called? Blink. Oh, right. Amazon Blink. 
which, okay. again, have served me very, very well. I've got no complaints. Uh, Atma says that the Ring and Yale have been around longer and there's more support long term. Good point. Uh, and less chance of going bump in the night, maybe. Yeah, that's also very, you know, that is a good call that if something has been around a long time and the after sales is good, that's that's well mm-hmm. worth taking into consideration. James Reed finally says, personally, I would avoid the consumer stuff completely. Texicom are an excellent supplier of professional alarm products and do a very good wireless range called Ricochet, which includes every kind of sensor and bell box, etc. It's not super cheap, but on the other hand, it's not really that expensive either. The main panel is about £100. I've used it loads, says James. If you have an old alarm, you can reuse the existing wiring to add wired ones too. And the support for them is also good. Yeah, I mean, that depends. I mean, that's the sort of thing that someone like me would, I would want to say, oh, I'm not using this rubbish consumer stuff. I'm going to use proper professional things. Um, but yeah, it's like <laughs> anything, isn't it, Ted? Nowadays, there are so many flavours out there. Yeah. There really is something for everyone and it depends on your use case. So some lovely ideas there from three, three of our super colleagues. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so... Take your pick from those lot. Links in the show notes to all of those. Thank you, gentlemen, for chipping in on that one. And hopefully Chris has got something to to suit. Um, Adrian Brain popped into the group this week and said, as the weather is so hot, I asked the yodel driver if he'd like a bottle of cold water when he called at my house. When he said yes, I drop-kicked it over the fence into my neighbour's rosebush and told him I'd left it in a designated safe place. (laughs) I hope uh, you're joking, Adrian. That's all I can say. I did, I did, I did chuckle with that. Well done, Adrian. I made a purchase this week. <laughs> Amongst my video editing, I took time out to go to the toilet and eat and buy a steamer. Um, I think we've had microwave steamers on the show before, haven't we, in the, in the dim and distant past? And I have one which I believe I bought through the show, which is three pieces, as most of them are. A vessel that holds water, a piece in the middle that holds the vegetables above the level of the water, and a lid that goes on the top. Uh, the trouble is, these three are... They, they, they just sit... They, there's nothing actually clamping them together. They just sit on top of one another. So it's very possible, and I've done it many times, to, when you try to remove them from the microwave, end up burning yourself with steam or, worse still, actually spilling the whole lot and pouring boiling water all over the floor. So I decided it was time for a new one, and I found a Systema microwave food steamer, £9.99. Yeah, good old Systema. Yeah, I know you've brought yeah. them onto the show a few times, and I'm really pleased with this. Again, I'm holding it in my hand as I speak. It's a square bowl. Um, I can give you the measurements very quickly. It's roughly about eight inches in old money, about 20 centimetres in new square, uh, which is a very nice size for the microwave. You put the tray thing in it and as, as, as always, it sits on a slight ledge so the tray doesn't actually touch the water. And so your vegetables get nicely steamed without getting wet, as it were. And then, and here's the kicker, the lid has a nice click, 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 click when you put it on, which means it's held together. So even if you get it out of the microwave and drop it upon the floor, you're not going to end up scalded with food everywhere. Um, Very happy with it. I've used it a couple of times. You know, they do what they say on the tin. You put it in the microwave, you cook it for the amount of time you feel you want to, and you have lovely steamed food come out at the other end. But I'm very pleased with it. And for just under a tenner, um, it's not cheap as chips, but it's not far off. I'm very pleased with it. Yeah, we got one of these a while back. Um... And I might have mentioned it on the show, but it's a good reminder because this Systema stuff is really yeah, good. Yeah. And and this this um, steamer one, we actually tried it. Um, Mum is a stickler for steamed food. She does it the old-fashioned way. 
Um, but she wasn't that impressed with, you know, compared to the way she does it. She said, no, it's not quite the same. But I but I did it myself, same as you. And I thought it was absolutely fine. Um, and this thing is still um, kicking about here and I use it sometimes. So, yeah, good shout. It's the same. Yours is actually the uh, exactly the same as mine, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, there yeah. you go then. So it's the steamer. But I love all of the Systema stuff. If you look on Amazon at Systema, there's just so many interesting different solutions for the kitchen, and they just thought of. I've got this one that does um, soup. It's a soup mug, and it's just. Perfect. I think you brought that onto the show, yes. Yeah, well, there yeah, you are, Ted. I, now you know, next Prime Day, that's what you do. You buy all the Systema <laughs> products in one go. <laughs> yeah, but they last forever. So you're, it's like a bit like Tupperware. You don't, never need to buy it again. Yes. Oh, well, there you so, are. You yeah. can buy 15 sets and then go around the, the, the site selling them to people. <laughs> yes. And as they open their doors outwards, they'll send you and all the plastic <laughs> flying. Like a, like a betterware. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember be- oh, betterware? Oh, I do, yes, yes. I used to be, a, I used to be an agent for betterware. I, I tried that in the kind of 1980s sometime. And it was just so heartbreaking and... Uh, oh, but there you are, prior experience, Ted. You're the perfect man to sell systemic products. Banging on people's doors, taking these little pound, these, these these things round, and then calling again. Would you like to order anything? Oh, don't. Oh, God, oh. let's play a jingle quick. Still using, still using. Right, what are Bam. you still... Oh, go on, no, you first. <laughs> I was just going to ask you what you're still using, but you can tell me without me asking. Shush, be quiet. (laughs) Settle down at the back there. Right, my bamboo duck. I promise I won't interrupt you again. (laughs) Right, that's it. You can carry on your own. No, no, no. Go on. Please, after you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) My bamboo duck board. Still doing good good service here. I've had my new shower room put in now, so I actually don't need it. But having said that, it's I still recommend it for anyone that does need it. And I perhaps should use it outside the shower room to step onto when I come out. I might rethink about that. But anyway, $16.99. I'm still using it in the way that I just described um, in potentially. Whatever works, 138, that was in May 21. So just over a year ago, I qualify for still using... I remember the saga of the duckboard, Ted, and I'm very pleased that yeah. it worked out well. It, all that effort, if you hadn't liked had it holes. in the end. I had holes in the floor. <clears throat> That's right. And it was just dreadful. Mm-hmm. But since they came and did my new shower, they did the floor as well. And I, I don't need them in that room anymore. But I, I still, um, they're still there. And they, Anyway, there you go. The, the bamboo duckboard recommended. It's really, really nicely made. And it's made of old-fashioned wood. Remember that? Oh, comes from trees. good, good, good. They don't make them like they used to. Yeah. Um, mine's made of lovely cheap plastic, <laughs> but I oh, still okay. love it. It's the Shard Global Clothes Folder, which I bought back in 2019, show 92. I believe I may already have brought this on as oh, I still yeah. use it. So this may be my third time of, yeah, of yeah, ranting, yeah. but it's so much fun and actually so good. I thought I'd bring it on again anyway. Picture, if you will... Um, six A4 sheets of paper, three at the top and three underneath, and then those are actually made of plastic. And you place your T-shirt. I use it for T-shirts. Obviously, you can, you know, other clothes are available. You place your T-shirt on it, and you fold the left side in and back out, and the right side in back out, and then you fold the bottom back up and then back down, and then you complete the fold, and voila, you have folded a T-shirt beautifully. <laughs> now, I remember when I bought this. I remember saying to you, "This is a piece of stupidity, Ted," and I probably throw it away after a week but I've got to have it because it's fun I think I actually come to think of it I do believe I even bought it during one of the prime days or Amazon day things so it was cheap 
And no yeah. me, it's actually turned out all right. It's actually proved mm. itself to be a worthwhile purchase. I don't remember what I paid for it, and it's no longer at the, at the moment. The, the particular one that I've got there says currently unavailable, but I'm sure you can track them down elsewhere. Um, the, there's there's tons of them on Amazon. The, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes to the, the search and page And what sort Amazon. of price are they coming up at, Ted, if you're looking at them um, now? Well, I mean, roughly the, what's the, the ballpark? $12.99, Oh, there you go. Eight, so, eight so around a tenner. Yeah. Really yeah. good. And I, I kid you not, I got this thing thinking this is going to be silly and just a bit of fun. And actually, I'm still using it because I have a lot of T-shirts and I just find I can fold them up quickly and very neatly using this device. So there you go. Yeah. Clothes folder plastic clothes folding thing great fun or be like me and hang them up <laughs> yes <laughs> now we're talking about having a new section to the show and we decided to call it completely, completely pointless completely well now we're waiting for you to do a jingle well how about for this? our new listen, section listen, listen I've, I've done it no, no 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 i'm ahead of you here here is the oh. jingle <laughs> What's that? It's pointless. <laughs> it's completely pointless jingle. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. We want a proper jingle. Okay, but explain the ethos of the section. Yeah, this okay, is a the idea fun, here was, and we'll, we'll, we'll start it from the next show, but the idea here was to put in things in the, that are completely pointless in life that we come across, like, nuclear. well, they could be big things like nuclear war, or they could be things like toenails or men's nipples <laughs> or or wasps or... or, or um, Pushing a lift's button when or when the lift you know the lift oh, is already coming. One. I tell you what, or Ted, this... the Pelican Crossing. <laughs> Don't use them all up now. This is going to be good yeah. because, as you know, I'm one of the world's most pedantic people, and I know that my job here is going to be saying no, no, no. Toenails are very important because. <laughs> so um, it'll be fun to see if I can find yeah. things that I actually concur are completely pointless. But there you go, pressing the button on a lift when the lift is already on its way. There's a very yeah, good yeah, one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, the one, the one I was going to start with was um, people preceding a statement with "needless to say," and and then go on to say it. But they said "needless to say" first. Anyway, you get the idea. If you have got any ideas about this for completely pointless, dear listeners, do chip in in the MeWe group and let us have them, and we'll try and make a little new section of this. And if it doesn't work out, and we decide to dump it, it won't matter because it was completely pointless. <laughs> Ah, oh, talking of jingles, that one is one of my all-time favourites. OK, what's cheap as chips today? Or what isn't cheap right, as chips, we're, but we're, if you divide it by 86, each individual yeah. part is cheap as chips? Actually, th- there's some truth in that, because the usual price of this item is 6 49 but it's on sale at the moment at 3 Oh, no, that counts, so, that counts. Yeah. Um, but we're back in the kitchen, and this is the a Chef Aid. Um, in, fact, in fact, this is a bit of a still using as well, because I did put this on the show, I think, a long time ago. Oh, yeah. It's a Chef Aid Poly chopping board. This one's red. 40 by 30 centimetres. I use mine day in, day out. It's 
just great. Um, it's made of some sort of very thick and solid plastic or some poly something or other. Um, yes, it does score and it does get dirty and you do have to wash it. Um, but it, it's just really, really good. It, it seems to be longer lasting somehow than wooden ones. Um, and it's, yeah, at the moment, just cheap as chips. I think the, the Chef Aid range of stuff is pretty good. Mine is white, um, so it probably not, needs more cleaning than this red one. But the red one will be much more forgiving, of course, especially if you're lopping off an, an annoying relative's head on it or well, something. Well, I'm thinking a chopping board for parrots. <laughs> A poly chopper. Yes. I mean, at least it would hide the blood stains. Yes. A poly chopper. No, sorry. Polly's got two L's. Um, so yeah, let's. Let, I'll just check and see if it's still three ninety nine. Okay, while you check it, um, I didn't. I've, yeah, it is. Okay, oh, there we are. <laughs> it's like playing just a minute. <laughs> you have to fill in time starting now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. How much was it? I missed that in the end. It is three ninety nine. It's still, but it's but it's usually six forty nine. So I don't know how long that'll last at that price. Excellent. You know what? I, again, it's a still using that I keep mentioning. I'm still loving that plugin, the name of which I never remember, that plugs into Amazon and tells you what the price was over over. Keeper. Keeper is very very useful yeah. because you can actually look and see. Ah, they're running this in a, in a circle, so it's going to be cheap for six days and expensive for six days and cheap for six days, and we're in the middle of a six day period. So if I wait till Wednesday, it'll be cheap again. Yeah. For instance. Indeed. Um, so the Keeper, we'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes to Keeper because you're right, it is really, really useful and I use it all the time. I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. And what do you want one of then, Ted? This is a, um origami-inspired small envelope wallet and it is small, it's not small. Um, that's the name of the company, apparently. This is an EDC wallet, which we all know what it stands for, of course, <laughs> that carries a minimalist, sustainable design um, with high functionality of, uh, by applying origami to vegetable tanned leather. Thin, light, durable, yeah. and um, you can fit in all sorts of stuff with it. It's it's it is seventy quid and it's on a kind of Kickstarter thingy, but even so, it does look really really nice. Um, so I want one of those. Um, it, to be honest, one of the things that I, I find a problem with the wallet is that uh, about coins, which is why I end up with a a pouch style wallet always. This one looks as though there is a decent size front slip thingy for some coins anyway. Not that we any of us use any coins anymore anyway, but um, you might if you're going to Stansted Airport, I suppose. <laughs> um, and and it just looks like it's really nicely made in a very old-fashioned way with material that looks very 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 like leather but um is this veggie veggie stuff uh vegetable tanned leather i don't know if that's good or not but anyway um in terms I'm of curious what that is i mean they're making leather from vegetables so I'm, i'd be curious to know actually what it literally is vegetable tanned leather i don't know anyway. i don't know but it, it just looks really attractive and i thought it looks different and nice and it's quite slim overall and it's got a nice um design thing going on so that's it that's my i want one of those but it's 70 quid well, I mean, considering we've brought things on the show that have been 70 million quid in the past, I think that's quite a reasonable price. 
Yeah. I found one for you, Ted, which is actually five pounds more. It's 75 pounds. Yeah. I found you a wearable air conditioner vest. You know, um, Ooh, I've got yeah. this problem with my hands that I need to have heated gloves. And so I brought those onto the show in the past. And um, I've also looked uh, in the past because I'm the opposite to you. I, I abhor the cold. So I've also looked at heated vests and heated jackets and things. And I discovered this thing, which I think is complete, the complete opposite and something you might like. It's it's a it's a, supposedly a cooling vest. Basically, what it seems to be is a small fan strapped to the small of your back. That's basically what it is. I mean, it's not really a vest as so much as a, a contraption that you wear that holds this fan onto your back. It claims to run for 10 hours once charged. Uh, it claims that it fast cools you down to 33 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in new money at all, but I mean... Divide by two and take away 32. Exactly. I, I'm just not sure. <laughs> OK, Google, what is 33 degrees Fahrenheit in centigrade? You see, that's how we do it in the new world. <laughs> yes. 33 degrees Fahrenheit is equivalent to 0 0.556 degrees Celsius. Good old Google. Okay, so <laughs> mind you, I mean, all of that's academic because I, I mean, I'm recommending something to you that costs 75 quid that's probably worth about five of that. I just somehow don't expect this to work very well, but it's a lovely idea, isn't it? And of course I it is, and it is the small of your back that feels the heat, isn't it? I mean, I've yeah. noticed that, so you never know. And looking... Looking at the pictures, it looks like that the what it does is it, it goes inside your shirt so that that thing blows around inside a loose shirt, which means it presumably will circulate it around your torso. I don't know. That is a good point, actually. If you're wearing a shirt over the top of it, it's just going to circulate the hot air that's already in there, isn't it? You really have to wear it naked to get the benefit. I'm not sure. No, no, no I, think it, I think the idea is that it... it, it Let's have a look. Um... <laughs> well, anyway, dear listener, it's I'm not quite sure really how serious this thing could be, but that's the point of why I want one of those, isn't it? It's just silly, silly, gadgety, geeky ideas that, that we'd, we'd, we'd enjoy playing with. To me, it just looks like somebody said, oh, look, we've got a job lot of these little fans here. Why don't we just build a harness and we can strap it to people's back and tell them it's a cooling jacket. So there you go. Yeah, it depends which way the cooling goes. If, uh, if the cooling goes to the inside, then you're right. You, you, you it goes straight on your. Oh, skin. that's what I did. Uh, sorry, that's how I had uh, had read it. That it yeah. goes straight to the skin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I was thinking it goes the other way and it blows it outwards, but it, no, it probably doesn't. You're right. Let's just um, not buy one of these and move on. Yes, I think so. I'm. I, I, what do I know? I'm just a writer of jingles. <laughs> Better before, and there is one. So <laughs> we have we don't we don't often hear better before, which is a shame because it's no. one of my favourites. So yeah. where are we today then, Ted? Well, we're back on Bluetooth speakers, but in an age of smart speak speakers, sneakers, smart some, sneakers. <laughs> some sometimes Bluetooth is king, says this article yeah. in um, Android Authority, and I read this and I, I ended up finding myself agreeing with them. Um, now you can take this to a stage further and say, let's get automation completely out of the loop. We don't even need Bluetooth. Let's get back to three point five millimeter plugs and sockets hey, and yeah. cables. Fair enough. 
But if, but if we're going to lay that one aside, then what the article is saying is actually Bluetooth speakers have to be paired. They often have to be paired um, one device at a time. But the trade-off here is that a um, if you start to introduce into that loop, like Alexa or Google Assistant or Home This or S Siri That, you start to complicate the whole issue. And what the, um, the point of the article here is that if we're going to have a Bluetooth kit, Bluetooth speaker, keep it simple. Make it just pair with one thing and you turn it on. It pairs quickly. No mucking about trying to find what's what and, 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 and um, turning this on and turning that on and trying to find your way around this and that and the other. It just works because it's not trying to be too clever for its own trousers. And I and I started to think about this in terms of better before. Okay, Bluetooth speakers have not been around that long um, compared to the old-fashioned methods. But if you're going to have one, and that goes back a bit to the one that Steve sent me, I mentioned on the last yes. show, because the Marshall one... Um, has got no smarts in it at all. You just pair it, and that's it. And this is exactly what this article was saying, and I found myself agreeing with it. Keep it simple. I absolutely agree. As you know, Ted, I'm a fan of the Google things, as I just spoke to mine here, and we have Google speakers in almost every room of the house. And they're rubbish! And they're always yeah. going down. And this is also, you know, this is both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth involved here. And they're useless. They're fun. And I don't, I don't mind putting up with the eccentricities because it's just fun to have them in the house and to use them. But you're quite right, Ted. And I will always be an advocate and supporter of proper cabling and proper plugging. But as you say, if you've got to use Bluetooth, if you want to use Bluetooth, keep it simple. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, well, the thing about Bluetooth speakers now are that that's where the world is going. Yeah. So, um, you know, in order to find, like this Marshall one, which is in front of me here, there's no 3.5 audio in on it. Yes. So you, you can't do that. You've got to use it with Bluetooth. And that's where develop, research and development is going. So we need to embrace Bluetooth, but don't make it too clever for its own good. That's the point. I do agree. <laughs> Another favourite jingle. Okay. Okay, and Ian Barton is back. Thank you, Ian. Um, on help vampires. <laughs> Have you ever heard of help vampires? I've heard of vampires. I've never heard of helpful vampires. <laughs> well, have help vampires are these people that 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 suck up your resources as a, a, a as a, a tech enthusiast. If you're interested in tech generally and computers in particular, you will often become the victim of a help vampire. Our family has one absolute star vampire. Vampirism often starts with a request for help. Just when you're about to eat lunch, <laughs> typically the request is something like, I can't print. Of course, they don't think to check that it's turned on. It's got paper in it. It's got ink. <laughs> yes, and yes. it's connected to the network. Any problem, no matter how trivial and easily solved, is expected to be resolved by you, no matter what important task you might be doing at the time. Sorry, I have to go now. The vampire has just reported that the TV control won't change the channel, says Ian. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the the general thrust of that, that bit of a funny is that, um, and I find this with... Um, you know, people around me that, you know, you're, you're, which is fair enough, because if you're the one that knows how to do stuff with tech, then they're going to ask you how yes, to do yes. it. But don't interrupt a lovely meal. I'm a little confused here. Is, is this a service that's on the web and Ian is registered as a person who can help? Or is he talking about people in his own <laughs> no. family? 
people in his family. I see. Yeah. I misunderstood. The, the I thought it was a the, bigger, the, bigger reason. The, the, the um, the the vampires in his family are sucking up his. Now time. I get it, and I totally <laughs> and I totally agree. I told. It's like when you come in from the shops and you can't even put the shopping bag down before somebody says, "Can you help me do this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ian. Yeah. I was a bit slow on the uptake there, but I completely agree. <laughs> You know what? Um, I've often said, and I still say, I much, 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 much prefer DVDs to streaming or, or yeah. stuff that's been saved on my you hard drive. You mentioned that once or yeah, twice. Yeah, because streaming is just so slow and cumbersome <laughs> and you can't pause it properly, you can't rewind it properly, you can't restart it properly. The web goes down, yuck, hate it. But I tell you what, I what's getting my goat about DVDs is these wretched logos you have to sit through. Um my mother was has been binge watching an old comedy series. Uh, what was it? Ever decreasing circles. Marvelous series. Richard Briers, Penelope Wilson. Uh, lovely, lovely series which I've been putting on for my mum. And the ruddy thing has got a logo that comes up, and then a BBC video logo that comes up. And each logo is only five or ten seconds. But when you want to just fling the DVD in and start the program, and you have to stand there waiting for these wretched logos to play, and you can't skip them because it tells you off and says, this feature is not available on this disc. It just gets my goat. Why can we not put a DVD that we've paid good money for into the machine and watch the DVD without being forced to watch the logo for the 980th time? I think that that's the loading time. I think that's a te that's technology. No, no, I have to disagree. Sorry, Ted. I make DVDs. When I used to film shows and produce DVDs, you can load yeah. DVDs instantly if you want to. Sorry. I'm right. going to pull that one down straight away. Okay. No, I thought that I thought that was sorting out the kind of buffering. No, I don't think the, so. The, the machine, the machine in question. No. no, okay, fair enough. No, I think it's just that they want to they want to have their their little trailer, their little logo in front of the video. Okay then. Well, the, I, I have noticed that with you know going back to streaming services, I've been watching Netflix, yes. and and there's the. The, the, the number of companies that are involved in the production of, of the average oh, film yes, now yes. is about 10 of I them. I know, yeah, it is and, quite funny. Uh, before the film, you just get one, two, three, yeah. four, five, same sort of thing, all just coming up. And ha thankfully, you can skip forward through yes. them. But um, with a DVD, of course, you can't. And while we're at it, the one on Netflix and Amazon and all of the streaming services that gets my goat is that it wants to play the next episode as soon as something's finished. To the point uh, that it doesn't even let yeah. you watch the credits. You can stop. You that can, but you have on, on some services. Yes, but you have, either you can possibly stop it in your settings, or you just have to be lightning fast on your remote control unit and hit return. Yes. But, and, and if you've watched a program and you want to see the credits at the end, it's doubly infuriating. Yeah, yeah. Err, indeed. Right, and <laughs> Ian Barton. <laughs> On BB, oh here we are back to the BBC again. Ian Barton on BBC warnings about venturing out in the current hot weather. Oh, hello, Ian says I hate temperatures above twenty C. So do I, says Aidan, and Ted's applauding in the background. However, says Ian, millions of people go on holiday to places like Spain and Turkey, which have temperatures close to our current hot spell. Agreed. The Beeb doesn't run constant headlines about looking after yourself in these countries. <laughs> the whole thing reminds me of 1976, when we had no rain for at least a couple of months, reservoirs ran dry, and moors caught fire. There were dire warnings, and the government appointed a drought czar. 
A week later, it started to rain and didn't stop for a month. Obviously, we need to appoint a climate czar and it will start snowing in a couple of weeks. Anyway, think of the upside of our current crisis. Stay at home and avoid watching for hours stuck at Manchester Airport and an easy jet cancelling your flight at the last moment. Yeah, a lot of tongue in cheek fun there, Stuffy. And yes, thank you. Ian Chappell says, it's clear that going on holiday to a hot country to sit in the beach, on the beach or by the pool is not the same as trying to work or study in the same conditions, especially in buildings that are woefully unsuitable to cope with such conditions in the first place. And what about people who are ill or elderly and are less able to adapt to such high temperatures? It would have been an extremely poor um, uh, thing for the BBC to have ignored that or gloss over this extreme extreme weather event i there are two there's always two sides to everything yes. isn't there you, you you people will get into trouble for not preparing the public but if they do then it, it gets on everyone's nerves I, you, they can't really no. win this goes back to michael fish doesn't it, it? Da- <laughs> it's damned if you do damned if you don't it's like when 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 um prince philip died and there, there was, you know, too much coverage. There was not enough coverage. They oh, treated it sensitively. Yeah. They didn't treat it. Yeah, you, it's you cannot please all of the people all the time. But I also think that Ian had his tongue in his cheek a bit when he was saying that. Yeah, whereas yeah. Ian Chapel, sorry, Ian Barton, whereas Ian Chapel, um, uh, I think took took a slightly more serious view. And I do agree with you, Ian yeah. uh, Chapel, yeah. um, with what you say. Thank you. I agree with them both. In that case, let's have a nice jingle. And I said to you earlier that I was going to bring air conditioning. <laughs> you did back indeed. In. And I want to put air conditioning in in for a gold star. Eco friendly, it's not, and I get that. But this week, one night I was stuck here, and it was just so ridiculously hot. And I decided to to rig up my mobile air conditioning unit, yeah. which is the Igenix IG nine nine zero one, which I brought to the show before. Um, and it was a right fiddle, to be honest, because it's a mobile. I, I had it stood on top of a chair and piped out of a little window and blah, blah, blah. But it, but when I, when I put it on, I just couldn't believe how wonderful it was. I, it's just, it, it makes such a huge difference. I, I think that the... The the problem with it is is of course is is using all the electricity up and what we need to do is find some way of solar powering yes, these yes. sun for you know, if you had the, I mean that would be the perfect ecosystem wouldn't it use the heat source to counter the heat source so you, you you somehow collect all the energy in a Steve Litchfield type way in in some sort of huge thing and then yes. run the air conditioner off of that the trouble is that they take an awful lot of power but my point was that air conditioning laying aside the eco-friendliness is just a lifesaver it was it made such a huge difference that that night that i was really stuck so i'm not going to use it every day i'm not using it now i could be using it now because it's still too warm for me frankly but i'm not i'm i'm just using it when it's really really you know i'm really up against yeah, it yeah i think for occasional extreme use absolutely that's perfectly acceptable and it's lovely ted and i'm very jealous i couldn't i'm i'm looking here it's not available on amazon anymore but it does seem to be around the 300 quid mark did you pay that much for it yeah wow yeah i did oh. it was 300 320 something Lovely pound I think it was. i'm very jealous and it, but it really is ever so nice yeah. the you may remember back to um a previous show when i brought it to the show where some of the people were complaining about it being on though um and i had to stop using that's it that's right and I, 
Yeah, the, the, I put it on all night one night, and the people who were over the back of me um, complained to the site, and they came round the next day and told me oh. off in no uncertain terms. So they said it was too noisy. It wasn't. They were just being fussy. Yes. But anyway, um, I, I've moved since then, and the place where I am, that is no longer an issue. So on those really, really hot nights, I do have um, a, a way of getting away from it. So I, I recommend you, you get one. But the, the trouble with the portable ones, Aidan, is that you need a small enough room really because they're not they're not like a a, a commercial big one for a whole apartment that no. they're designed for a a small bedroom yeah no i mean the room and, i'm thinking about is the studio my studio that i'm in now and i look at my thermometer it's yeah. 27 degrees in here now yeah and that's starting yeah. to get a bit stifling so exactly yeah. but yeah and, and and you could put it in there but of course if you were recording it's a bit of a problem yes. because it's yes. noisy yeah but anyway, there you go. Air conditioning, gold star, um, with caveats. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done, I think aren't we're we? done on this moderate gonna... hot day. Do you know what? It's funny, Ted. This yeah. is the kind of day we would normally have been saying, oh, it's so hot today. And yes, yet it feels yeah. pleasantly cool, doesn't it, by comparison? Yeah, absolutely. I was cutting mum and dad's grass yesterday, and I was sweating heaps. And I, and I said that to, to my dad. I said, you know, before the two days we've just had, I would never have cut the grass yeah. today. I'd have left it to the to next week or yeah. something. It's all relative, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. And those two days have really um, given us a, 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 a shot up the back. They were, and, they, they? and as I said at the beginning, just stepping outside, only for literally one minute or so, just experiencing yeah. that heat in our own backyards was just extraordinary. Quite an experience. Hopefully it doesn't come back in the next two weeks. In the next two weeks when we shall be away from you, but we'll come back and talk to you again. Hopefully you can send stuff through to us in the MeWe group. We can pick up the highlights of all of that and bring that to the show in two weeks' time. Whateverworks.works is our website. Uh, AidenBell.com you can get Aiden at. TedSalmon.com is where you'll find me and all I do. Links to all the audio podcasts and all the MeWe groups. So do come and join in with the fun and um, we'll like to see you there. Any last words from you, Squire? No, sir. I think I'm done and dusted. Let's go and get cool. Um, <laughs> and in the meantime, don't forget, whatever, whatever works, works. works.